All right. So good to be with you all. Again, we are making our way through January of 2021. New year. We don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully some some hope, new possibilities coming our way. Um, I hope you're all being gentle with yourself. We're coming out of a rough time. We're still in a rough time. Um, and I hope that today we can talk about something that I think creates a lot of anxiety for people. I know it used to create a lot of anxiety for me when I was just starting off with EMDR. Um, I see in my consultation groups uh, through Zero Disturbance and EMDR Moms, a lot of my consultees get really anxious about doing it wrong, specifically um, around how do I choose an EMDR target. So we're going to talk about that today. For those of you who don't know me yet, my name is Cambria Evans, and I'm an MDR-approved consultant. I have a private practice in San Jose, California, I'm also the founder of Zero Disturbance. And at Zero Disturbance, we really want to help uh, fellow clinicians feel more confident with their EMDR clients, and we also want um, EMDR clinicians to feel more confident in your uh, successful private practice. So, um, you know, as, as a business owner, as a mom of twins, I believe and have lived the truth, which is that, um, you know, we deserve to be taken care of in a comprehensive way uh, while we take care of other people, right? So my hope through this podcast is to talk about um, not just, you know, EMDR clinical acumen, but also just how are you and what do you need? And you can know all the things about EMDR, uh, all the protocols, but if you don't have someone talking to you about how you are, how is your business doing, um, just how comprehensively how's your life going for you, kind of giving you some frameworks and resets to help you, um, then I think that it's just an incomplete conversation. So my hope uh, in doing this is to have a comprehensive conversation that feels supportive uh, to my fellow EMDR clinicians who are, like I've said before, just um, just the angels, I think, of the pandemic, along with doctors and nurses and um, teachers and um, kind of the, the helping profession, right? We, we're doing the hard work right now to help others while taking care of ourselves. So coming on here to lend a hand to you, give you some uh, free um, guidance and support through a hard time and, and beyond. I'll keep doing this after COVID because I've really enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed getting to know all of you. So whether you're a consultant or a consultee, whether you just got trained, whether you've been doing EMDR for a long time, all of us are familiar with this question, right, of how do I choose the right target? Um, you know, I think that a lot of anxiety comes with doing EMDR, and I'll, I'll just zoom out and say more about that. I think a lot of EMDR basic trainings firehose us with information, um, which, you know, with my background in teaching and learning, um, I have an education master's and have been a teacher. Uh, our brains don't work like that. Just whoever's creating, you know, trainings, our brains don't learn best when we're firehosed with content uh, in like eight and 10 hours of training over consecutive days, right? <laughs> so um, I think that just the learning environment of a lot of basic trainings are challenging. 
I think that model made sense when it was in person because we all had to fly to like some, you know, Marriott or whatever in Denver and do the training together. But now that it's virtual, I'm hoping that people will uh, get more creative and learner centered about how people actually can digest information, which is what we do as EMDR clinicians. We're helping people process information that feels hard, right? So um, that's just a little education uh, plug. But, um, you know, I will say that in that learning environment that already feels overwhelming and hard, um, there tends to be this message of like anxiety, like here's EMDR, it's amazing. And if you do it wrong, you're going to like hurt people and you're going to give them an ab reaction and you're going to mess them up and you're going to traumatize them. And I'm just thinking like, you know, having, having been a teacher with adult learners for a long time, um, I would never do that. Like, like just, that's not how people learn. People can't learn when they're anxious. Right. So I think that people are hesitant to do EMDR after they get their basic training. Um, they don't feel confident because they haven't been given confidence in the basic training. Um, and as a mom of four year olds, you know, when I'm teaching my kids to do something that is powerful and also maybe dangerous, like um, teaching them how to safely bounce in the bounce house or teaching them how to safely jump from their bunk bed ladder onto the beanbag or teaching them how to use scissors. Whatever it is, when I'm introducing something to a learner, I want to communicate the confidence and the magic and the, the glory of what it is they are getting to learn for the first time, right? And I think a lot of that gets lost, not just in the structure of these EMDR trainings being so overwhelming and who can process all that content? It's kind of ridiculous, but also just the, um, the message, right? Of here's this thing that you're not really getting to understand how to use yet and don't mess it up because you're going to hurt. I mean, it's, it's just very jarring. So there's no wonder that our nervous systems come into consultation post basic training with this underlying anxiety, this like, <gasps> I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to hurt somebody, right? So this is oftentimes the energy around the question of how do I choose an EMDR target, right? This is often the energy my consultees will come in with. And my only job as a consultant is to first focus on that energy as I answer the content of their question, right? So I want to I want to say that because I want to normalize why uh, there's so much anxiety around this question. I think that it is co-created with a lot of the basic training formats and trainers messaging around that. I know that if I was anxious and didn't believe in my kids and taught them in an overwhelming way how to use scissors, they wouldn't want to use scissors. Wouldn't be fun. They wouldn't want to do it alone right? Makes sense. So back to this question. So how do I choose a, a target? So if we're, if we're talking about the energy, the anxious energy around um, that question that we hear in consultation groups or we hear during training. And um, aside from the energy, just let's talk about the, the question itself and the answer. So how do we choose an EMDR target? There are lots of ways that um, different trainings. I've, I've talked to different consultants and learned more about different trainings as I'm 
now a consultant and eventually will be offering my own basic training probably when my kids are in elementary school, which is in a couple years. But, um, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, do a complete history of every single traumatic thing that's ever happened to this person and start with the earliest memory or the worst, the first or the worst. I have a whole bunch of thoughts and feelings about that strategy. I don't like it. And I'm going to make a separate video talking about why, but that is one way people teach how to target, uh, choose an EMDR target. Um, and some people absorb that and use that in their practice, right? Um, another way is that people in trainings learn about what's called the touchstone memory, right? So I know that EMDR Consulting does this and other trainings um, where they think about what is what is the core or the touchstone memory where something was experienced, decided, felt for the first time, where, where everything kind of came together that impacted um, experiencing uh, moving forward, right? If we can get to that touchstone we start from there, right? But but what we know um, is that, you know, we can start from a modern day current trigger and do a float back, right? That we can, we can start from now and we can go back and find the beginning or the touchstone, right? So there's different ways to figure out where to start from in terms of case conceptualization. Um, I am putting together, which I will release at the end of January, a course called The Lesson Plan. And it's the way that I, um, with a background in teaching and learning, along with my EMDR experience, how I case conceptualize and how I treatment plan for answering these types of questions. So just know that that's something that I'm thinking a lot about and will be coming soon. But for today, I want to focus on, you know, the energy, the anxiety of this question and also how to answer the question. So this is for consultants. This is for um, consultees, this is for everyone to think about. So I had a consultee who was talking around, you know, what's the right choice for this target? And she was clearly overwhelmed. She had a, a male client. Um, she was seeing virtually, obviously we're all virtual right now. And um, she's like, oh my gosh, he has OCD. He has childhood trauma. He has, you know, current life stretch, life stressors. It was like all over the place, right? And I asked my consultee about her client. I said, okay, let's just, let's just check in with your energy. First of all, what's happening with your energy right now? I'm really overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I don't know what target to choose. I said, okay. So you and your client are kind of in the same kind of energy right now. So we'll just notice that, right? So let me ask you this. This is a question I want you to either ask yourself or ask your consultees. Is there a wrong choice? Is there a wrong choice? Instead of asking what the right choice is, ask yourself, is there a wrong choice? And what would that look like if it was the wrong choice? And follow it, right? Last week I talked about this exercise. And then what? <laughs> you can use that exercise to talk about fear, right? I'm afraid of this thing. I'm anxious about, okay, if that happened, and then what, right? So I asked my consultee, is there a wrong choice? We, we pretty much know that where we have a theory that this client's OCD behaviors, which started around the time of a childhood trauma, our coping strategy or an adaptive response. Okay, 
So if we started at the um, disturbance the client has of the current day OCD behaviors, right? This client is like doing all these rituals before they leave the house. He, um, it's just taking a long time. He's getting frustrated. If we were to target the frustration of the OCD behaviors now, is that the wrong choice? Or is it the wrong choice to start with the childhood trauma? Or is it the wrong choice to start with the current day stressors of COVID, right? Asking yourself, what's the wrong choice? Is there a wrong choice? Because a lot of times, guess what? There's not. It does something, okay? Well, it does, does two things. One, it takes away the anxious energy. Because oftentimes when we ask that question, is there a wrong choice? And if so, what is it? And then follow it, right? A couple of things happen. One, we kind of realize, well, there is no wrong choice. So I can feel a little bit more chilled out, right? I will tell you, if the clinician is confident and securely attachable and calm, that is a huge chunk of, of the energy work that's happening, even virtually for the client, okay? The, the clinician cannot be spun out, is what I'm trying to say, right? So if you ask yourself as the clinician, is there a wrong choice? There really isn't. From wherever I start is okay, right? You can chill out. And if you're chilled out, you're more freed up for the client to do the work. Beautiful, okay? If I ask myself, is there a wrong choice and test it out and follow it, and then what, right? Okay, well, if I start with the OCD behaviors, and the disturbance and the frustration this client feels around that, what could go wrong? Well, what if he um, goes, does a float back during processing into childhood trauma and it overwhelms him? Okay, and then what? Well, what if he has an ab reaction and like he, um, you know, freaks out and starts having a panic attack? Okay, and then what? What would you do? What could go wrong then, right? A lot of us, I think, are bringing in a lot of our own anxiety around doing things virtually um, with clients we've never even met in person before. But here's what's true. It is more rare than common for something egregiously wrong to happen with EMDR. And here is why. Here is why. If we know in our basic training that if someone comes out of their window of tolerance, we can figure out how to bring them back. I have never in the 5,000 EMDR sessions I've done, even after basic training when I didn't know a lot and didn't feel confident, I've never had a client had have an ab reaction that was so traumatic and big that we couldn't repair it or bring them back or figure it out. Okay, those are rare. Okay, so just know that. It's important you know that they can happen and they exist, but, but under that is, what do I have to do? What, what has to happen with the client for that kind of experience to happen? And then what can I do if that happens, right? Like with trauma, like if my, if my daughter falls off of a slide, I didn't see that trauma coming. I didn't see that experience coming. But how I respond to her is reparative, right? So if we have a client who dissociates, who has a panic attack or has a traumatic experience going towards material, we can respond because we're still with them, okay? I even, had a, I even had a client, we were virtual processing trauma and we lost our internet connection. Oh my gosh. 
lost our internet connection during processing. And this was one of my things that could go wrong that I had thought about. But I had a plan and she knew it. If we lose our internet connection, I'm gonna call you on the phone, girl, I got you. I'm, right, I'm gonna come right back and respond, okay? So there is not really a lot of wrong choices when it comes to target selection. And that might be um, provocative, that might not be um, what other consultants are saying, and I'm okay with that. This is coming from my five years of experience doing only EMDR sessions and being a consultant for other consult for consultees, rather. So just know that. I just want to say that as kind of like a medicine for those of you who have been traumatized in basic training to feel anxious around target selection and actually doing EMDR and actually starting EMDR, especially virtually, okay? So life is an experiment. It just is, okay? We can case conceptualize and write down everything and we can treatment plan, but here's what's true. We, we can't always know what's going to happen. And I believe that we as the EMDR clinicians have to be okay with that to some extent and do our own work around that positive cognition of I can figure things out, which is different than I can plan ahead, control everything, and nothing will ever happen. That's hard, right? If you are an EMDR therapist and you have gone through basic training and paid all that money and taken all that time to learn EMDR, you are already the kind of person who values learning. You, you are already the kind of person who values curiosity and figuring things out. You just, that is already who you are. You already have that. And you can do that with wherever you start with a target, okay? And here's what's true. You know, if we trust the process of EMDR and we let we allow the brain to make the connections it needs to make, right, to get to the places where we are, where parts of our client are needing a response or some soothing, then where we start from doesn't really always matter, Okay. I mean, you, you've seen this before in your practice, I'm sure. Like I had a client um, at the end of last year in December who was uh, working on um, something around his boss. I mean, we're going back to that target because it was a, a longer target. It was many, many sessions. Working on something with his boss and something else came in <laughs> because it was in his present day and it just it just needed attention. So it wasn't wrong for us to go back to the target we'd been working on. His brain knew it needed to focus on something else now. And guess what? I trust my clients' brains because I want them to trust their brains, okay? Life is an experiment. If we can embrace that, if we can embrace, I can figure things out. So my client gets to also believe they can figure things out then you are a kick-ass, amazing EMDR therapist. And I trust that you already have that part of you that is curious and wants to learn and can trust yourself that way. And if you're noticing that this feels really hard, then we are coming up on a place for you to go do some work with your own EMDR therapist and clear out whatever is left over for you about mixed messaging around that for yourself. And once you are in that place and you're there, you can extend your hand and your client can meet you there, can, can find you there. But if you're not there, your client's gonna have a harder time getting there. Make sense? You're the guide. Beautiful. So I want us to be invited to believe 
that wherever the brain goes is okay. And again, I know this is provocative, but you know, 2021 is the year of the rebel. So I'm just going to say how I, how I think and feel and people can have their opinions about it. But, but what if we just trusted that the brain, wherever it went, was okay. Right? If we took away that anxiety, took away that fear, right? If we, if we trusted the AIP model that Francine described and, and gave us that framework to understand, if we trusted that, what would happen? We'd feel less anxious. Our clients would feel less anxious. This might be more fun and enjoyable and magical. Like, let's enjoy the magic of our jobs. It's, it's an incredible honor to do what we do, isn't it? And if we're anxious and unsure, just, it gets, gets on the way right? So um, I hope this was helpful. I hope this felt you help you feel um, more at ease in your job because I want you to um, enjoy your work. I want you to feel good about yourself in your work. I want you to have that experience so you can keep going and serving others um, and have a, a thirst for learning, right? Um, if you want to learn, again, kind of like a relaxed, um, consolidated way to case conceptualize with your clients, I do want you to um, come on over to DearDisturbance.com and check out the lesson plan because I am putting together um, all of my own interpretations and understanding and the way that I'm framing working with clients based on um, my last five years doing EMDR therapy, the last 5,000 sessions with clients, um, and all of the trainings I've taken with many EMDR thought leaders, many EMDR experts, and I've taken all of that consolidated it so it's not so overwhelming um, like a fire hose and just made it relaxed. So if you're interested in learning more about that, come over to, to zerodisturbance.com. Um, if you like this free resource, if this, if what I'm saying feels helpful to you, we have um, six free videos over there on the website on the free resource tab um, and six free downloads. So if that is something that would be helpful to you, I welcome you to take that and use it. Okay. Um, as always, so good to connect with you and I will look forward to connecting with you again next time. In the meantime, please be safe and take care. Bye-bye.